2: And welcome in everybody to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. And a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you choose to celebrate. Hopefully, you're having a great holiday time with your family going on right now as well. Too, it is DJ joined as always by my co-host Kelsey. Kelsey, the holiday season is here. It's a great time for giving, a great time for family, and a great time for sports. Yeah,
1: I mean, hey, you summed it up right there. Great time for everything. Um, and you know we're in the gift giving mood today too, so we're gonna hand out hand out some few a few gifts to some um, franchises. Maybe they're good gifts, maybe they're bad gifts. We don't know. We maybe maybe we're the uncle that gives you a tie, even though you're 12 years old and have never worn a tie before in your life. Or maybe we're the the cool family member that gives you the Visa gift card so you can go spend it on whatever you want in life. Um it,
2: whether you want it or you need it doesn't whether you want it or not doesn't matter. But you will need it and you will accept it regardless
1: exactly yeah you have no choice in the matter you're going to get it and you're going to accept it you're going to be happy with it otherwise it sucks to be you yeah um, that's, that's, that's perfectly
2: perfect way to summarize it up as well too we got a lot to talk about we're giving away some gifts we got some major sporting events to talk about as well too and let's just say this last weekend was a little bit hazardous in a certain sport as well too so we definitely got a lot to get into we're going to waste no time we're going to head right over into our tip off and our tip off of course, is where we like to kind of start things off. Take a look at the sports world. Take a look around the way, but we of course got to start with the big one, and that's the World Cup just round, just ending this last su- Sunday. One of the better World Cups I can remember as well too. Like I've seen quite. I'd like to think I'm a somewhat of a veteran at this point, having seen more than five about more than five World Cups in my day, in per- live and in action. This one's probably the most exciting one that I can remember as well too. Is three to three going down to penalty kicks as well too, with Argentina walking away. As the World Cup champions, we talked about in the last episode, a chance for Messi to finally break through, a chance for France to go back-to-back, and Messi, Argentina, they find a way to get it done. And for a second there, it looked like you're saying Messi might be the most unlucky player in the World Cup history. That almost came to fruition tenfold as well, too. It looked like it was about to happen again. It felt like he was about to have a whole Matt Ryan moment before they managed to hold on late.
1: Yeah, dude, it it was such a wild game. And First of all, let me just go ahead and agree with you. Um, Best final I've watched... In, in my life um obviously i think france italy was before that number one uh but this is now overtaking that just because of the in just the insanity of it um granted i didn't get to see a, a zidane esque headbutt that got somebody ejected but i did get to see kind of just two guys going at it you know you had you had Messi, you had mbappe basically just going at each other and and uh who would have thought the difference in this one is going to come down to the the uh the surrounding pieces for Argentina being better more poised, I think is a better way to say it, than France's arsenal of young weapons. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. If you look at their roster, it's just like all twenty three, twenty four year olds for Arsenal or for uh for France and you look at you look at uh Argentina, that's like twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. You know, the guys that, that they're kinda at their peak right now and they're just like they've never really made their name yet. And they're just, you know what? We're professionals, we can do this. So uh, it was very interesting to see kind of that dichotomy and everything. And, um, yeah, I, I loved – look, I loved every single moment of it. And Mbappe, I, I think it's just, in a lot of ways a handing of the torch for, for Mbappe. He got to – yeah, like he got to really be his – like this is it type of moment. Like this is his moment to to, sh- to, to shine. And he uh, – yeah, it really showed out. I mean, Messi – look, Messi had two goals himself. But Mbappe with a hat trick, that's absolutely clutch a hat trick, um, two penalties, and then scores his third penalty, still something that, you know, no player – like, his penalty and and, and the penalty kicks. Like, that's just something that – that's not normal. Players don't just normally do that. That's not not something that you'd expect. So, it was absolutely fun to watch uh, top to bottom. And, look, if you thought France is done, (laughs) uh, uh, good luck, ladies and gentlemen, because France is coming back with a vengeance in four years. Um, This team – basically the same team that you saw in that final – is going to be out on the field yet again. Maybe a two, two or three guys that are that were injured that didn't get a play will show up for this for the next World Cup. But like for the most part, you're going to look at the exact same team back in four years trying to make a second title in three tournaments. Like that's just it's insane to think about for for France and Argentina. Look, hey, without Messi, you know what? It's going to suck for you guys for a little bit. But you guys, they they do have a strong enough team. They have won tournaments before without, but like, this is, you lose Messi. You're probably going to lose Messi for the next World Cup. He's probably not going to be there. I so think it's safe to say at this point, unless he tries to go for two, in which case I, you know, maybe I take it all back. Hmm. But yeah, no, this is, this was super fun. Uh Congrats to Messi and um getting all of Argentina off his back, if you will, because as they once said, he is the flea that fled, uh, his nickname being the little flea. Uh, and then he, since he fled, obviously why that, but they mean he, he went to Spain and uh love barcelona more than like as maradona once told him that he is barcelona by nationality not argentinian because he always played better for barcelona than argentina so uh getting all of that off his back and um you know get to get to finally raise a trophy uh like the best of them so yeah no it's it's it's, it's a it's a storybook ending and something that disney you know you are ready to pay about 5 billion dollars for that story and then
2: they'll remake it somehow as well, too, just that just, just down the line before it even gets going. Yeah. But that that's neither here nor there. What I do want to point out something you point out is if I would have told you beforehand that France was that France's supporting cast was going to get outplayed, then I think we both would have been like, yeah, okay. We would have rolled our eyes at that one. Like, no, okay. Maybe I literally Messi... rolled
1: my eyes at that one.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who would have thought that was gonna happen? And the next part you mentioned too is Messi probably won't be around for the next World Cup. We'll see, but you can't imagine won't be rumors Neymar won't be around for the next World Cup either. He says this was his last one. And Mbappe, you kind of mentioned it. This might be more, I don't want to say the crowning yet, even though I did make the crowning motion the first time. It does feel a lot like this could be his crowning time too, unless maybe I know Cristiano Ronaldo is considered arguably one of the top two players in the world, but he's going to be real old by then. And the world cup has not quite been, he hasn't really shown out on the world cup stage to that degree compared to what Mbappe just did in this world cup alone too. So maybe this was the crowning of the next world cup superstar as well. I mean, that second half here reminded me of Ronaldinho when he was with Brazil in those early 2000s World Cup where anyone who was near him was in hell automatically it did not matter. Your ankles were automatically feeling like ice cubes. It felt like no matter what you did, you were wrong. If there was three of you there, all three of you were wrong, even if you all did something else. He was in, I don't, I don't use the cliches on another level, but he played at a level that I don't think I've really seen personally in a World Cup, and that was just in the second half too. I mean, he obviously was good in the first half, but that second half alone was absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, not even just the second. We'll we'll even go to extra time and talk about the second half of extra. 117 minutes into the game, he slots home a tying penalty. Like, that just – yeah. And the (laughs) calm, the cool, the collection. A guy that who's who's literally born and bred to run past you has the wherewithal to also dribble past you, to keep his calm in a moment like that. Like, his – he made a play um, after – in the second half of overtime. And he was on the right hand, like on the on right, right near the corner flag. He dribbles past two defenders, cuts to, cuts past a third, takes a, goes to take a shot, and the ball gets tipped away. He goes out of, goes out of bounds for a corner kick. But he's been running for a hundred and nineteen, hundred and eighteen, hundred nineteen minutes at this point in time, and he still has strong enough legs to be able to get to hit two stepovers, hit a cut, and then also get his leg back to take a full power shot, all within the moment of. seconds something that's just irrationally fast like stuff they used to clock Ronaldo at as just being world-class levels you know but in his er first Manchester United days like Mbappe is doing that for fun in the 118th minute 119th minute of the game Like, that's just not that's not normal and and to your point about Ronaldo honestly the guy can't even find a club right now I, I don't I don't see there's a way that Portugal can can play with him in four years and it's already come out that Portugal players are even saying hey we play better without Ronaldo and in a lot of ways they do, and and it's a case of I feel like a lot of them are just ball watching when Ronaldo gets the ball. It's like it's just what it is, um, at the end of the day. And and yeah, it's it's tough to tough to see that and, and, and but at the same time it's it's kinda what happens when young players who have grown up watching this dude are on the same him, right? Whereas like if you look at Argentina and Messi they didn't really grow up watching Messi. They grew up once they were old enough to get international TV, they started watching Messi. And they would watch Messi in Argentina games, but they never like Messi was never that dude for Argentina for real for real in the same way he was for Barcelona. So until internet like until like football was started being carried on international TV waves to Argentina, which really wasn't until the, the late 2000s that Messi really wasn't looked at with the same Adoration by his own fellow country mates. A lot of them are, are, are of the mindset of the flea that fled. So, you know, it's it's yeah, these guys grew up watching him, but they weren't they weren't in awe of him. Because also when they did play with him, he was welcoming, he was kind, he was, you know, he welcomed them into the party. He was not one of the he was not he was not Messi the goat. He was Lionel Messi, the dude where's that wears the number ten shirt and the captain's armband, mm-hmm. but that will will hang out with all of us. You know, yeah,
2: an intimidating aura about him. I mean, yeah. he's like a five six. He's he looks like a regular dude, and then you put him on the soccer field, and oh my god, where Ronaldo has that weird aura about him, where it's like, well, hold on, now something's different here when he walks in. It's almost too, it's almost too much. Like you mentioned as well, too, especially for those young kids. And we agree. I like the comment too. Thank you, R.J. Bopwe definitely the future. We're Messi, he walks into a room and it feels like. You mentioned you could go have a beer with that guy and hang out where Ronaldo walks in the room, you're like, Do I look at him too long or do I get punched by security? Like what even if he doesn't have security <laughs> there, you're worried somebody's watching you with the red red lens. He just has an an unmistakable aura about him as well too. And you mentioned for those young guys that have been seen the whole time, it it's hard not to get a little star struck, if you will, as well too. Just be just being around it's like I don't want to get Ronaldo mad at me. but you know how it goes.
1: Yeah, like and this is a guy that like, okay, so like Ronaldo has a lot of faults in this uh, you know, you can you can say, but the one thing he always did was he gave back to to Portugal. He built museums. He did, you know, built libraries. He There are tons of names, tons of buildings across the, the country of Portugal with Cristiano Ronaldo's name on those buildings. Mm-hmm. And let's say some 19-year-old kid coming up from the slums in Lisbon sees that, and he's like, oh, wow, you're on the library. You have a museum. You have this. You have that. You're, my school's named after you, and I'm on the same field as you. Like, they're going to look at him in awe. Whereas Messi, like... He gave back to the country of Argentina, but he didn't give back in a showmanship way. Like, his name's not on a bunch of buildings. So, like, there weren't kids growing up in Buenos Aires that are like, oh, you're on a school... Yeah, like, They're not like that. They're like, oh, you were on the school bus as the guy that's doing the Got Milk commercials. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what they see him as. So, yeah, no, it's it's funny. But, yeah, And, and as far as Mbappe goes, man, uh, it, this is 100% very interesting to see because it's like, obviously, him and Messi are both PSG teammates. And now he's, you know... So they're going to go back to PSG where Neymar is as well, and they're going to have a conversation about all this. That like, It's also going to change the way he plays his club football now, Mbappe, after competing at this level and getting kind of, I won't say let down by his teammates, but in a way let down by his teammates. So um, he's going to compete a little bit harder in the club level, and it's going to make him even better. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm afraid to see in four years how good Mbappe can be because it's going to be... He's already hell on wheels. I don't know what he's going to be in four years. Like, I, I don't know. I can't come up with an analogy that's going to be that, – that could even probably, like, do it justice. Because he's already pulling off heroics that you've never seen before from a 21-year-old kid, 22-year-old so, kid.
2: So he's 21, 22 in that area, too, which means in four years he's going to be 25, 26. Like, he's just entering that physical yeah, In prime. his
1: prime, like, Yeah.
2: Yeah, because it's going to be like going from Charizard to Mega Charizard real quick. And I don't even know if that's a fair analogy. I'm just, like, there's very few analogies I think that could talk about what we expect to see from him. So the Sorry, he's, he's,
1: bu- he's 24 now. He's 24 now. So, oh, so he'll be 28. In Literally franchise. in his prime. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Charizard to Mega Charizard. I stand by it. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be absolutely fantastic to watch. I look forward to it as well to it. We're putting betting odds now. France would be the favorite just on that alone, I'd imagine, just because yeah. there's so much unknown with a lot of the other players. Where in Bapwe, you know there's going to be a giant chip on this shoulder. And there's going to be a flaming meteor chip on this shoulder as well, too. And everyone's going to get out of the and way.
1: You know, this is kind of a goofy joke and whatnot, but let's not forget his trophy that he was handed there actually was falling apart in his hands <laughs> while he was walking around. If I don't know if anybody else saw that, but literally the, sh- the golden boot literally slid to the side of the, the trophy, like as he's walking around with it. And he was sitting there like, are you kidding me? Like, this is the trash they hand me. So, yeah. Um, it's like a little extra in
2: first place and second place literally falls apart as well too like right yeah. in your hands as well so that'll, that'll do a far world cup heroics and recap there as well too before we leave out of the tip off we do want to take a quick moment as well too to give basically pay our condolences the nfl world lost a hall of famer and a true pioneer in franco harris the former running back for the steelers most known for the immaculate reception being the one to, to catch the ball and running on that play hall of fame running back and Really, the catalyst behind those Steeler dynasty teams. And everyone will tell you, though, especially those first couple, he was the offense for them, put the team on his back, ran. Th- he carried that offense and made things so much easier for everybody else as well. To the real, the one who got that dynasty started as well, to him, along with Joe Green and squad. So just want to take a moment to remember Franco Harris, everything he meant to the game as well. One of the OG power, but fast running backs as well. Too. He ran through you when it hurt. But if you got in the open field, you didn't catch him at the same time. Like he was one of the OG ones as far as recent memory goes that was help. That, that he put everybody in help cuz it either hurt or it exhausted you trying to take him down.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, we're talking about a guy. Like let me just list off his his awards in in, in the NFL. <laughs> Four-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, NFL Man of the Year, first-time all or first team all-pro, two-time second team all-pro, nine-time Pro Bowler, NFL rushing touchdowns leader in 76, all part of the 70s all-decade team, part of the Pittsburgh Steelers all-time team. Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Honor. The number thirty-two was going to be retired on Saturday or is still going to be retired on Saturday. So unfortunately, he didn't get to see that. But he is part of their retirement and in the Pittsburgh Pro Football Hall of Fame, as well as a National Football Hall of Fame inductee, as well, um, inducted in nineteen ninety. So, like this guy, uh, Franco Harris set the tone for a lot of a way a lot of running backs learned how to play, including now. I mean, you, you you'll still see it now. Um, so it's unfortunate that we do lose him. Obviously, as a Steeler. The giant, the, the Cowboys that I am a fan of, obviously went against him a lot, um, and in, in those days and age, didn't always come out on the best end of The Steelers matchups, um, uh, but look, the, Franco Harris, yeah, you got to say he's he's one of those guys that you just look at, always think fondly in history. Like fo- history will remember Franco Harris positively forever. I I don't think there's a, any doubt about that. I mean, just what he did for the city of Pittsburgh as well as what he did for the Steelers on the field is just absolutely amazing.
2: Absolutely, you should definitely be remembered. And too, on the lighter note Terry Bradshaw, definitely is very thankful for him because without him, he might not have had a job to win those four Super Bowls as well, too, especially those early couple as well, too. So definitely a tip of the hat from Terry and all of Terry's money that they give away every Sunday for those Fox bets as well, too. So definitely going to remember Franco Harris as well, too. So we're gonna go ahead and now wrap up the tip off as well too. Now we're gonna head into Kelsey's second favorite part of every show. And that is the main event. And the main event, of course, if you're new here, if you are aren't new, you already know the drill, but if you are new, they are brought to you by our friends over at manscaped.com. Use code Hilo Sports to check out. Get yourself 20% off. We know it's close to Christmas time. It's you might have forgot to get some gifts. You might have had something lost in the mail. It might not be going, it just might be a little bit late for you as well, too. So don't waste any time. Grab some grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover with this year's white win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com. Use that code yourself up a variety of different products from soaps they got deodorants they got shirts and of course they got they got trimmers as well too they got tr- they got the shears 2.0 full kit for nails scissors clippers everything you need there as well too and of course the lawnmower as well too one of their premier products as well so manscaped is here to make holiday shopping a blast by giving them products to love and it'll kind of make them laugh as well too so you'll get to say some goofy stuff like i just rattle off to go along with it as well so you don't want to miss out on that 20% off plus free shipping if you use code HILOSPORTS at checkout as well too. Nice last minute gift in case you might have forgot, get a, get the perfect gift that will be the biggest holiday hit as well too. And you know what, maybe you have some birthdays around the same time and you hate that person because they have a birthday and Christmas in the same month or within the same couple of weeks and you hate them looking directly at Kelsey right now as well too, Mr. Early January. Gives you a chance to double down and get them something fun for here as well too to go along with this. So definitely don't miss that out. Go to, go to manscaped.com and use that code as well too. So
0: Now that
2: we now that we got that taken care of, Kelsey, we're, we're, there's a lot going on this weekend. We're going to start with choking though, because there was a lot of choking going on in the NFL. It was a choking hazard in one of the greatest transitions in all of online shows ever, as well too, going down the going through the NFL as well too. It started with the on the Saturday a 33 to nothing choke job choke job with the Colts versus the Vikings. It only got worse from there as well too, as you go down through it as well. We go it, on Sunday, Dallas and Jacksonville at one point. It was 27 to seven before Jacksonville came back to win 40 to 34. New England was up 17 to seven before losing 30 to 24. Cincinnati was down 17 to three at one point before coming back to win 34, 23 over Tampa Bay is this entire weekend. It was a choking hazard. It felt like, so we'll go ahead and just rip the bandit off. Which one do you think was the worst of all of the choke jobs?
1: I mean, historically the Colts was worse, but hmm. the Colts have been bad all year. Uh, so it's was bad. it like when when you saw the when you saw the Vikings coming back? It wasn't like oh no, they're just kind of faltered. Like it wasn't. I honestly was afraid for the Colts. I was literally terrified for the Colts that as I watched the the Vikings start to come back, because I'm like this this is going to happen. happen. Like they're going to find a way to mess this up, and it's going to keep going. And, and honestly, until it got to overtime with like. Two minutes left, I still believed at that time the Vikings are going to win this. And then like two minutes left, I'm like, you know, this is going to end in another tie and the Colts are going to end up with two ties. This is going to be fantastic. And then obviously that's when the Vikings came back and won. But yeah, I think historically speaking, obviously you have to go with that one. But I think the most impactful is actually the Cowboys-Jaguars. I think that was a hugely impactful one for two two reasons. Cowboys fighting for their positioning in the playoffs because if they win out and they could beat the Eagles – they have a chance at the NFC East title, but with that loss, it now makes it. So you have to win out. Like you had a one loss scenario in there that you could, you, you had with the Jaguars that you can get away with it. But now you have to come back and you have to win every game to have a chance to get that NFC uh, East title. And you have to hope the Eagles falter, which right now they are not looking like they're going to falter anytime soon. Um, and you're going to be the deciding factor that this, this, this Sunday anyways, Um but, yeah, like I, I think that's the most impactful. And then you look at the Jaguars playing for their their playoff life, you know, and getting a win when they absolutely need it. Young team, too. And this is like this isn't a season-long win. Like this win against the Cowboys, against this team, to me, for Trevor Lawrence and this young team is impactful for decades. Like I won't say decades, but for years down the road. Like this is a win that's going to project them at a higher pace of wins over the next three years than they, if they lost that game. Like, I think they were still at a great pace, but I think this gives them a lot more confidence, a lot more growth that they've won. Like, you always talk about, you hear your coach say, There's no growth in winning. Well, there is growth in this type of a win. In a huge comeback like this, fighting like a team together to come back and win this game, huge, huge victory, not just on the field, but morally as well for these players, getting their confidence up. I mean, you guys, you have guys on this team like Evan Ingram who have just. Well, confidence is, 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 let's just say, not on their side um, when it comes to playing football very often and playing high-quality football consistently. And Zay Jones, same guy, same concept. Marvin Jones, same concept. And now you have all these guys clicking at the same time on a high level. Trevor Lawrence's growth has been fantastic. I mean, this defense looks a lot better than it did at the beginning of the season. So, um, Well, I won't say at the beginning, but in that middle stretch of the season there. And, yeah, it's... Uh, I think that's the most this the most impactful one for sure is, is the Cowboys Jaguars in my eyes.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it's great as 33 and nothing looks like it is the greatest comeback in NFL history. Ironically, against the team that used to employ the guy who had the biggest comeback in NFL history in Frank Reich and used to have a quarterback of, I think, the biggest playoff one when it, with Andrew Luckett, what he did with the Chiefs. So ironic how comebacks seem to
1: always work their way around that team for worse and for, for better. But recently for and worse. on the flip side of things currently quarter using the quarterback who had the biggest comeback against him in the playoffs.
2: It's amazing how things work out as well too. So that, but I agree with you Cowboys Jack, like obviously Cincinnati and Tampa Bay, they, it, it helps Cincinnati a lot. Cause they're trying to separate from the Ravens a little bit, or at least keep it close for that second matchup. So that's a big one as well, cause it gives them the lead in the division, but also for Tampa Bay, that division's terrible. They really only need to win like one more game the rest of the way, because no one else is winning a game at this point. So that one, it just helps them hold the state, but, I agree with you that Trevor Lawrence breakthrough game against the Cowboys, it's really going to set the tone for the next couple of years because I think Trevor Lawrence has finally started kind of looking like the quote unquote princess promised that since he since he was a thirteen year old high school kid basically, he's starting to finally look that. I think he has like fourteen touchdowns, to one pick in the last handful of games during this little mini streak they're on. He's his completion percentage is up closer to seventy, his yards per attempt like he looks comfortable. He looks like he's back at Clemson. Doug Peterson's done a fantastic job just undoing Urban Meyer's mess. That's all he did re- before they even started this growth process. Christian Kirk actually looks like a relatively decent signing right now. He looks pretty good. Zay Jones, but the one I want to point out too is that offensive line is clicking. Like that was a tough front seven, and I know they had their moments. Micah Parsons with a sack. I know they forced a fumble. They're going to do. That Parsons like- with only
1: one sack though. That's the important thing.
2: like he's exactly that that defensive front is going to put people in hell it is mandatory whether sometimes they have good coverage and they just get through or they send five and you don't know which one to block dan quinn's been a mastermind the last two years Mm -hmm. they held up really really well and let trevor lawrence get cooking especially in that second half i don't even feel like he was hardly rushed in that second half like he felt like he was able to throw darts anytime anywhere he wanted sometimes reckless starts but they worked so i think that was a takeoff point for them and if I'm the Titans, I'm a little nervous. I'm looking over my shoulder and that jungle cat's objects in mirror closer than they appear. And that it's like in Jurassic Park when that T-Rex is chasing down the Jeep and the mouth gets wide open. Right now, that's a Jaguar with a wide open mouth right behind you. You've got to start to be getting a little bit nervous when your quarterback is banged up. You're struggling. You're faltering. You're everybody in your team is injured. It's absolutely amazing how back-to-back years they've been arguably the most injured team not named the Chargers. And yet, they're still holding on by a thread. They still have a chance because they do play them again. But it's getting a little nerve-wracking down there as well, too. And for your Cowboys, that makes this Eagles game a little more pertinent, not just for the NFC East as well, too, but just to have it not feel like last year. Like last year, they went into the playoffs where they basically destroyed every mediocre team and then had like one or two pretty decent wins here. It was like, well, that's great, but you just – the one good team you played down the stretch was the Cardinals, and you lost. And that got the Cardinals in the playoffs. This, if you're the Cowboys, you're a little more nervous because you got to play the Eagles. If you win out and the Eagles help you a little bit, maybe you can squeak the NFC East. But we're not betting money on that, like not even a little bit. Especially even with Jalen Hurts a little banged up, I'm not betting money on that either.
1: Well, I might, I might, might pay a dollar
2: maybe for this week, but for the full division, I'm not, I'm not, still not betting that. All you're telling me Gardner Minshew for three games, I still think he can win one of them. So, but they're trying to secure that five seed game to play Tampa Bay, which, as we joke about, they don't want to play Tampa Bay. We know Tampa Bay is the worst. Going to be the worst playoff team. They're the one the Cowboys probably least want to play. So,
1: <laughs> the That's one that match up worst against.
2: So. Exactly. So, it's a it's a really tough, goofy situation for the Cowboys. They're still going to be fine. They clinched a playoff berth nonetheless, too. So, they're still going to be in there as well. But hopefully, that for them, they can kind of turn around and rally because I know the interceptions weren't really Dak's fault. Like, one of them, his arm got hit, just pops in the air. And the other one, Noah Brown threw it to the defender. He, yeah, shock put it to it. There's not much you could do there, but it's a rough look when you've thrown as many picks in as few games as he's played
1: too. nine games since, or nine interceptions since he's returned. I believe was what I, I had. And that's what after like, the game.
2: games too. Like that's, yeah. that, that, that's
1: it's, rough. It's, it's been bad. Um, <laughs> let me double check that to make sure, but, but yeah, he has 11 interceptions this season. So yeah, nine of them came after um, he returned from injury.
2: And obviously there's circumstances all that as well too, but it does have to be mildly concerning considering one of Dak's stronger suits at, at, at his high points of his career, like his high quality seasons was the touchdown to the interception ratio is always pretty good. But like even when he threw a pick, he'd always match with a couple of touchdowns this year. They've hasn't quite been there.
1: Sorry. 10 of oh. his 11 interceptions have come after, after yeah. his uh, return from injury. I just had to look it up to make sure, but okay. yeah, I know 10, 10 are actually how many. Uh, yeah. It- so, I mean here. Yeah, it's it's bad. It, and it's and if you look at it, it's a 17 to 10 ratio right now. It's 17 touchdowns, 10, 10 interceptions since he's returned. But like Really? <laughs> this is this is what you're, we're working with, Dak?
2: At the standard he's held to, especially as well too, you're expecting like a 25 to 10 at least, something like that as well too. And not empty calorie diet, Dr. Pepper ones. You're expecting something a little bit different, especially the way Tony Pollard and Zeke have been playing, too. Like they've actually Zeke's actually looked pretty good recently as well, too. Not as explosive, but he's been a very effective. He's not giving you one yard in a cloud of dust. It. He's actually giving you productive carries while Tony Pollard is still as explosive as anybody in the game. So it's a little concerning. I would, it's kind of like two opposite trajectories with the quarterbacks as well, too. One of them, it's like, well, you're not playing bad. We're just kind of expecting more. And one of them, it's like, holy cow, we had low expectations. And you're blowing those out of the water. Because I kind of always said this year does not count for Trevor Lawrence because Doug Peterson gets a full year to undo Urban Meyer. Because that, that was unfair, but it took him half a season and they've already managed to do that. So if the skies are looking very bright for the Jaguars, Tennessee is nervous, long story short. Cowboys, you're you're in the playoffs, but you're a little bit nervous about what is going to yield at the way things are going as well. For the other comeback, Cincinnati at Tampa Bay, I think we both kind of were just more surprised that Tampa Bay even got out to such a strong start like that, not so much the final results.
1: Yeah, like we both had the Bengals in that game. So like at the end of the day, like we we were expecting the Bengals to win, but like. Not if you had told me that's how they won, I'd i no like nah 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 no 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 that's not right. Hmm. Not right at all. Um especially to start the game off with a Carlton Davis interception on a tip pick. That's that would have not been my hmm. my assumption there either. Um but yeah, like that game is it, it very much shows the Burrness in Joe Burr, uh, hmm. if you will. Uh just the the cold heartedness he can he can bring to the table. And and it shows how bad Tom Brady really has gotten this year. I think I, – I won't even put it on Tom. I, I'll say Tom and his receivers, the connection there is not good uh, at all. Like, it is atrocious in a lot of ways. And, um, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know how else to say that, like, in a nice way or anything. Like, that's just – it's been bad, and it's not gotten better. And I didn't think Gronk was that necessary for him to be decent. But evidently, he needs Gronk to be decent. Um Kate Otten has been absolutely tearing it up, but then he forgets he plays on the team for like half of the game. He's like, that's not Gronk. I don't want to throw him the ball. And then he remembers in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, wait, that guy's good. I need to get him the ball. And it's too late by that point in time. You can't come back from that. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Bucks, but but uh, yeah, don't say that around Skip. Um, he, yeah, enough. we
2: don't. Don't worry. We're, we won't unleash. We don't need anyone getting their credentials completely yelled at for no reason over over a man crush. We could agree he's had a very rough, miserable season, especially by his standards. Yeah. And honestly, when we see him make those mistakes, it reminds me of when you're playing like Xbox or something, and something stupid happens, and you get pissed, and you start trying to press it, and then you almost end up throwing a temper tantrum, more or less, and it and it kills you. That's what it feels like. Happens every time something goes slightly off with him. You see him basically rage trying to throw a pick while getting hit, and it pops in the air. Or rage fly stepping up into the pocket trying to rip a dart between triple coverage, then getting sacked and losing the ball. Like he, it looks like he's pressing and throwing for lack of better words, temper tantrums mid play when things start, don't start going well. And it's very uncharacteristic since he was like the OG joker, if you will. He was the calm, cool, collected one for tw- the last twenty years.
1: I, I still think you give them ball two minutes to go. You're you're kind of playing with fire there, but I'm not missing
2: it. But it, like in those yeah, first like, I'm not going to and... play with that
1: fire. But yeah, like I, I feel a little less. I feel like we're dealing with a little smaller flame this year than we have been in the past. Um, but no, yeah, I think this it shows the impact of, of having an offensive line you trust too, because uh, I think that's been the biggest issue for for the Bucks right now. Is you look at that offensive line, no Tristan Wiers, Uh They lost Ali Marbit going into the season, and then. There were, he was without his center for what was it, five games total this season? He's lost his center. Um, and now there's like been movement in the line. And if you don't get comfortable with the line, you don't trust the line, you guys just just don't feel right. This is what happens. And especially if they've never worked with you before, um, hearing the the different coverage calls that somebody like Tom Brady has versus somebody like I don't know, uh, who's a mid level Kirk Cousins gives Mm -hmm. you. Uh, it are completely different things, and so that does play it, play a whole lot into it as well. Um Plus, again, where's their running game? It's just non-existent. You've gone to the rookie, um, and look, he's rookie's done well, but you're not for Tutty for Tutty Lenny like you've been getting in the last however many years, and maybe you shouldn't have let Ronald Jones just walk at the end of the day. Like this is. I don't know. There's a lot to go into this, but you really have to revolve around that offense. And then obviously the injuries as well to the defense have not helped them at all. But that offensive line especially just is not helping Tom Brady at all. It
2: feels like the entire like the entire base was taken off underneath and now the entire thing is collapsing on top of it as well, too. And yet we say all this and they still might make the playoffs and they still not a lot of teams are looking forward to playing them round one. Most Probably going
1: to get a first round win. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs>
2: <laughs> unless someone in the NFC south can suddenly go on a nice two-game win streak and then it's over but we'll have to see we'll have to see there that's a that's a lot to ask for in that division as well
1: yeah there's ask any saints fan there, there there's hope there's only two things that need to happen for the saints to do to do that the bucks need to lose a bunch and the, the saints need to win everything oh okay there's only two things sorry
2: <laughs> yeah win out and then uh hope they're there, your two yeah. goals but
1: win out and uh, pray
2: out. Win, win out and yeah we drop to a couple of knees and pray, but that, that'll that do it now for the choking hazards. Now we're going to get into the fun time. It's Christmas time or Hanukkah time or Kwanzaa time, whatever you celebrate. It's a season for gift giving. So we're going to give out some gifts across the sports world as well, too. And Kelsey, I'm going to let you go first as well, too. We got a handful. We're going to give out to different teams, different fan bases, different franchises, different sports. Kelsey, you got a good one. I'm going to let you take things
1: right off the top. All right. So I'm going to start out with kind of the darling of this, NFL season in a lot of ways, and I'm going to give a giant wheelbarrow to somebody. All right, giant, and I'm going to make it gold. It's a giant golden wheelbarrow, and next man is Brock Purdy for carrying around them giant whatever Mister Irrelevant balls you have, sir, and turning yourself into Mister Relevancy. Because right now, I I don't think there's a better, there's not a more shocking quarterback in my eyes this season than what Brock Purdy has been able to do. Period, point blank. Uh, Look, I'm not saying the 49ers are a bad team by any means. But you look at injury reports, and you look at the team that's on that field, and that is not the same team. Hmm. Like that team is not supposed to be that good when there's that many injuries to it. It shouldn't happen. But you give guy, you give a guy like Brock Purdy some weapons like CMC. You give him George Kittle to block and and run routes. Look what he does. I, I mean that. The, I, I look back to the touchdown pass against the the Bucks, I believe, two weeks ago, where he looks, he fakes a bubble screen to the left, he fakes an orbit screen to the right and throws it to George Kittle up the middle, wide open, splitting two, splitting, two, splitting two linebackers, and just watches George Kittle walk into the end zone. I'm like, that's a play that you draw up for a seven-year vet. That's not a play you draw up for Mr. Irrelevant in this last year's draft. <laughs> like, I would never do that. I, I would never, ever put Brock Purdy in that position. And I guess that's why – I maybe I should tag team this and give Kyle Shanahan his own little wheelbarrow at the same time because, like – the ball is to call the plays that he does with Brock Purdy at quarterback. It's almost like he did not care who's at quarterback. It's like, yeah, they're all the same to me. They all can do the same thing. So the only difference is he runs Trey Lance into the ground. Like that's the only difference between the three quarterbacks. He runs Trey Lance in the ground. Whereas like Jimmy G does not keep any of the keepers. Brock Purdy does keep some of the keepers, but he doesn't get hit. And he's making great passes as well. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know what to make of Brock Purdy. I keep waiting for the other shoe to fall, but right now it's not happening. So, I'm giving a golden wheelbarrow to Brock Purdy for, for the Christmas season. Speaking of that wheelbarrow, code HILO
2: Sports at Manscaped. Get yourself 20% off and some free shipping as well, too. Speaking of wheelbarrows. But now that we got the shameless plug out of the way, the first gift I'm going to give, I'm going to stick in the NFL. I'm going to go to that team in Indianapolis. I'm going to give them something that I'm going to give their fan base something, honestly, as well, too. I'm going to give them a hot tub time machine because these net, right now you got Nicholas Foles starting the next three weeks for him as well, too. It's been a miserable season and only either, A, you're going to have to watch more three more weeks of miserable game, or they're going to somehow win too many games at this time, miss the playoffs, and just miss out on the chance at at least a a draft pick that gives you a little bit of hope. So I'm going to give the Colts the hot tub time machine so they can fast forward through this next month or so and begin quote-unquote mock draft season and free agency season. And weirdly enough, some of our favorite time of the year is, like the, is the NFL draft season. So I'm going to let, get the Colts fans out of their misery, get them through here, just get them through the season, get that hot tub time machine, Fast forward a little bit and honestly, we can also figure out what they're going to do with some of these players as well, too. We'll see who's on the chopping block, who's up for trade. What can you do? Cause this, we talked about foundation in Tampa Bay collapsing. Well, we found a whole lot of mold and a whole lot of termites in this Colts foundation. So they got a lot of work to do. Oh, and you got to go get yourself a head coach and maybe a GM too and rebuild the entire coaching staff. Cause you fired them periodically throughout the year and brought in guys off of ESPN. So if you're looking, we're still hiring. So we've noticed that you have said directly NFL coaching experience does not matter. So. Hey, yeah. You're looking. I mean
1: Take, hey, I have Kelsey. college I have I have of walk on experience for practice. You know, if you need I, if you need hands on experience, I have that.
2: Like somewhat student coach at one point. I just give it a try. What do you gotta lose? Give me a give me a try.
1: I mean, why not? Have give watched me- more film than Jeff Saturday or than, yeah, than Jeff Saturday.
2: Well, like just, just give it a try. But anyway, I digress. The point is Colts, hot seven time machine, get this, get out of the get out of the rest of the season. So next all right, Kelsey, what's the next gift you want to toss out?
1: I'm just thinking the same realm of existence here of the time travel scenarios here. And I'm giving the time turner from Harry Potter. You guys know that necklace that Hermione had that you spin around. You go back in time and, and you come back. Uh that's a time turner. I'm giving that to the Denver Broncos and John Elway and letting them go back in time and rethink this entire Russell, Westbro- uh, Russell Wilson idea. And, and maybe, just maybe don't give him a contract if you're going to trade for him. Maybe don't even try. trade for him and just... Just maybe keep everything and then draft a quarterback. Maybe that's what you should have done. Um, I, 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 either way they choose to go with that, I give the Denver Broncos the time turner to try to make up for this abysmal thing that seemingly I am the only person in the world that seems to seem to think that they were going to be as bad as they are. They are one win away from my projection. I gave them three wins. They're sitting at four right now. And honestly, if it wasn't for whoever's playing quarterback for them right now, they're going to sit at four for forever. But they have a better chance of the insert guy here than Russell Wilson. So take that for what it's worth, ladies and gentlemen.
2: It does also help when Kyler Murray does not play in that last game as well, too. Otherwise, they might be sitting on those three wins like you, like you hope for as well, too. And Cole McCoy getting hurt to where Trace McSorley had to play in that game as well, too. So yeah. Yeah, they, you know who knows how close they were to be sitting at three in. And we all kind of, like, you and I both agreed they were going to be the worst team in the division. We both thought the Mr. Unlimited hype was a little bit high. While we did say, you did say their record would be bad like this. I don't think we expected it to look like this, though. I think the way... Oh, no, looks, this is,
1: like, this is way worse than I... Like, honestly, like even worse than our really way low expectations. Imagine. Like,
2: insert the meme of our expectations were low, but holy F, what is this? that's like, what it's like because of like, the there's, offense.
1: like, 10 levels of crap, my XL expectations, and then there's, like, another 40 levels of crap hmm. and where they're actually performing at offensively than I was expecting. And I'm just, like, I didn't think you could get worse than what I was actually thinking you could, but you did. Like, I thought at least, like, the run game was going to look good, but one of the running backs doesn't play on the team anymore. The other one doesn't play on the team because he's injured. So (laughs) I don't know what to make of it.
2: Like, like I expected their pass defense to be okay, but I thought defensively that just the teams they had to play would struggle a little bit. And I thought offensively they'd be so dependent on Russ that he would have some high-volume touchdowns, but high-volume picks, like, that's kind of what I expected, where it's like they have their moments, but they just – they're always swimming upstream. Right now they're drowning downstream with an anchor attached to their neck upside down into a waterfall with a Gyarados chasing them. Like it just makes no sense what they're going through right now. It's it's absolutely terrible. And you know all of Seattle's Gyarados
1: definitely started out as a flopping Magic Carp when it started to. And then it cuts. They're started, like, oh, this isn't so bad. We can recover from this. We can recover from this. Rage induced Gyarados.
2: Yeah, that Gyarados got sick of watching them struggle and got pissed to go chase them. That's how bad it was. It evolved out of rage. That that's. Yeah, we can go on and on about the mile high struggles there. But they, they can use Hot Tub Time Machine 2.0 and some as well too. Go go, you know, yeah. go draft up. go just go. Maybe use the time turner
1: or... to get rid of Russell Wilson and then use <laughs> the, the hot tub time machine to get ahead into the draft season next year. <laughs> just
2: just take Brock Purdy in like the sixth round instead <laughs> and then you know call it good from there. The, the, plenty of options. But next we're gonna go, I'm gonna take a step into the NBA now and I'm gonna go into the desert. I'm gonna go to the Phoenix Suns who have been struggling quite a bit recently as well, to I believe four and six in their last ten. Basically the 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 theme of it is I want them to get their swagger back. So the gift I'm going to give them is whatever magic juice that the Nets have been taking for the last month or so. Cuz the Nets have quietly gone 9 and 1 in their last 10. And now those two teams have the same record at about 12 and 13 or 19 and 12 or 19 and 13. Which to ask us that a month ago we were both like no nah, the Nets are abysmal and the Suns look like they're rolling again. Suddenly they're on even footing right now. They're both fourth in their conferences. So whatever magic juice the Nets have been taking to quietly be the best team over the last ten or so games, give that to the Suns. To right now, you got Mikael Bridges, and Deontay, eight DeAndre Ayton yelling at each other during another team's free throw. While you have the while you still while you have that team literally sitting there clapping, cheering it on, like hey, you guys are self imploding during someone else's free throw. Your two players are bickering in the way they're standing in the middle of the free throw. It's it's looking ugly in the desert. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if they need to trade DeAndre Ayton. I don't know. Whatever they need, some, they need a little bit of magic juice. That's what, whatever magic juice the Nets have been taking. That's what they need. They need to get a little bit of their swagger back. They need to get some mojo it. just get out of their own way because right now they're turning into a solar eclipse as opposed to the rising sun. So give, give them some magic juice to turn things around.
1: Yeah, they definitely need it. I mean, look, they're not far out in the West. They still have home court advantage, but falling the way they're doing is not a. Uh... Not a pretty sight to say the least. I mean, you <laughs> go from
2: sure. like the comfortable one seed to sitting at the four seed in the West now. How And honestly, with the way the other teams are playing, they could be climbing as well too. So I mean, they're far from out of the woods. They're not that far from the from those top couple of seeds, but at the same time, eh, what, with the expectations and where you were, it's like trajectories. That's you got you you got you got
1: to take a break here. <laughs>
2: Here's where they're
1: at in life. They're a game and a half ahead of the Kings.
2: If it that, that doesn't get much more it. miserable than
1: that. <laughs> The Kings are sitting in sixth place in the West, by the way. That is, uh, that's why I say that.
2: But and honestly, they've—I mean—they've been six and four in the last ten too, so they've been doing pretty decently overall as well, too. Much to our surprise, sitting at six in, the, even though we kind of talked about them maybe
1: making the play, and I don't think either one of us expected the six seed. Doc, I don't expect anything out of the Kings <laughs> ever. I like as a Kings fan, my my biggest shock in life is the Kings even remotely winning three games in a row, so. or
2: even three games in a week.
1: Yeah, there you go. Or three games in two weeks, and I mean three games in a month is nice. <laughs> yeah, three games in a month is fantastic. Six and four in the last ten, I'm ecstatic right now. I don't know what to do.
2: They've already exceeded expectations for you for the entire season now as well. So. There you right, go. So, so Suns with a need a little bit of magic. So, what are we looking at for your next gift?
1: Uh, so, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna jump in the NBA as well. I'm gonna go with a touch of gold. Uh, and by that, I do mean kind of like the Midas touch, touch of gold. This is kind of a play on their their color scheme changing. So since the Cleveland Cavaliers changed their color scheme this season, they have come out barnstorming now. Now, if you don't know what I mean by their color scheme, it's very simple. It is the red color, green, crimson, maroon, whatever color you want to call that red. Is wow. that it is? Sorry, yeah, wine <laughs> and gold. It is. They've actually inserted gold into their official color scheme. Now it's simplistic. It's very awesome. But since adding that as a main part of their color scheme, they're 21 and 11, sitting in third. What? Well, sorry, yeah, third place in the East. And by the way, dominating at home, they're sitting at 15 and 2 at home right now. Uh, this young start Cavaliers, I I, I got to give them the touch of gold here because not only is it fitting and looks good on their jerseys, but man, they are they're doing they're doing well with it. Let's just put it that way.
2: And to add on top of that too, they lead the NBA in point differential at plus six and a half as well too. So they're when they're winning, they're winning pretty comfortably. So touch of gold, the Midas touch is very fitting as well too. And Maybe they'll be hosting up a gold trophy the way they've been playing as well too. Very possible, especially with Donovan Mitchell looking looking better than he ever has on top of it as well too. So a very dangerous team at playing a Rocket Mortgage Field House right now. So next up, I'm going to step off of the hard cut, I'm hardcore. I'm going to step into the octagon, and this gift is very very simple for UFC fans. I'm giving everyone on the UFC roster a bubble, but not just like a bubbles that you blow, like without those ones that you get in a stocking stuffer. I'm talking about like bubble boy, where you wrap every single fighter up so they can't get hurt. Cause there is a lot of fun matchups on the horizon over this next year. And the last thing you want is the injury bug, making its way through everybody's veins and terrorizing everything. You got options for a like, Francis and Ganu John Jones, a steep, a John Jones. You've got, you got the 145 champ Volkanovsky taken on Makachev the 155 champion. There's, the Alex Perea, Izzy Adesanya rematch if that happens as well. like There's a lot of options here, and I can go on and on and on. Leon Edwards, Kamaru, Usman 3. Holy cow, that could be an absolutely epic trilogy. The only thing that can make it worse is if the injury bug decides to peek his ugly head out from underneath the bed like a bed bug and start crawling his way through everybody's life and ruining everything. We already know money, contracts, and other things are going to get in the way as it is, as we saw with one of the more recent ones with Paulo Costa not fighting Robert Whitaker because of money. You don't need the injury bug to come in and ruin it too, so UFC, you're getting an entire roster of bubbles to keep everybody healthy, safe, alive, and healthy. No main events lost to injury this year. That is the goal. That That is our goal. Ideally, no co-main events either as well, too, but baby steps, baby steps. So everyone gets a bubble <laughs> on the UFC.
1: Take take one at a time, though. We'll take what we can get.
2: <laughs> exactly. So baby All steps, ahead. one at a time. So TLC, what are we looking at for your next holiday gift?
1: Uh, I'm going to give uh, uh, some queso dip out here. Um, I'm giving Killian Mbappe... A big huge heaping bowl of queso, so he can dip that giant chip on his shoulder <laughs> into something, so at least that way he can get through the next four years without gnawing on his own leg or something trying to get trying to get back to the world cup final um look man we all know what he's about to do in for for p s g for the next few years after he's gonna be dominating he's been dominating as it is, but you know look I gotta give him something to chew on because right now he's ready to chew through anything anything you put in front of him to to try to get through it so. Give me some queso dip, and hopefully some really nice quality queso,
2: like st- straight out of a restaurant queso, too. Not like something you buy at the store and you make it home. Like this is that this is the ones where you pay extra for a queso, like where they charge you money for the queso, and you're like, I'll I'll do it.
1: I mean, just all, all I all I will recommend is you don't put any Argentinian cheese in there. Um, no, that'll give. You I don't gas. know if that'll go. I don't know if that'll go over well. No, uh,
2: that'll have a gassy after result as well. So definitely get some cheese for that chip as well. Next, I'm gonna go back onto the football field as well too, and I want to go back in time to our heyday as well too. Those of us who who were who were around then, they know about this one. Reggie Bush, you may have your Heisman back, good sir. Has been he won for those who don't know won the Heisman in, after the 2005 season, one of the most electric seasons we've ever seen. eye test wise, especially he was he was box office. that's the only way to describe him. He was dating a Kardashian in college. It's you need to know at that point before it was cool slash a mandatory mandatory at that point like
1: it was he did it the kardashian in college
2: like he was the og of all of them as well too to do it as an athlete and he lost his heisman due to for lack of better words money and that sort of thing as well too and violating ncaa rules when it came to money and basically handouts that sort of thing well the way things have worked out basically it's been determined that it was it was kind of ridiculous for him to lose his heisman he's been all over twitter going after i think is mark emirate the ncaa commissioner as well too Going right at him, but no holds barred. So Reggie Bush, have your Heisman back, and you, you know, take a five for five from Wendy's. You can stop the commercials, get the Heisman in there as well too. Get yourself maybe you know take take two Heisman's at this point as well too. But you don't have to do those Wendy's commercials anymore. You can, you can have one of Matt Leinart's, exactly. Like he he doesn't need that one as well too. So you can have that one. Then maybe give Vince Young one, or just a random one as well too, because he probably could have got one during that time as well. So Reggie Bush, take back your well deserved, well earned Heisman as well. Now that way we don't have to hear about it anymore because we all know he was the Heisman Trophy winner that year. We watched it with our own two eyes. That man terrorized college football in a way very few players have done from a non-quarterback
1: position in recent memory. The, the man went behind the back on a football field with a football and dodged an opponent on a punt return. Like, hey, I can't describe to you how stupid that sounds, saying mm. it out loud. But then seeing it in person was even dumber because you're like, this man pulled a basketball move. In cleats on turf, and it worked. Like, not even like, not we're not we're not talking Mike Daniels practicing your crossover coming off the line against a cornerback type of a move. No, we're talking a straight up taking the football, wrapping it behind your back, dodging an opponent, sidestepping, and running the rest of the way into the end zone. Like that's that's how stupid good athletic and at Reggie Bush was. I but I don't think he should have ever had it taken away from him to begin with. But I digress.
2: It was so good that he was he would carry the football like a loaf of bread all out and casually, and it did not matter because no one could touch it anyway. They couldn't touch him in the first place. He was he was as explosive and as electric as they came as well. So, Reggie Bush take back that Heisman as well. All right, Kelsey, last gift. What are we giving out for you today?
1: Last one. I'm keeping this sweet and simple. This person is getting a pillow and a blanket. This person is Mac Jones after he got sent to Valhalla by Chandler Jones after his team just decided to – I don't know what they were doing, but they were obviously on something Um, in that Vegas air. I don't know what was floating around. But, yeah, whatever it was, it got Mac Jones laid out for no reason. (laughs) That man's head bounced like a basketball. Chandler Jones looked at him like, I'm sorry, but I have to do this. (laughs) And even looked back like, wow, that was – that, I might have gone a little
0: too far
2: with this one. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: that is just that was the dirtiest stiff arm in the nicest way. Like I don't mean like dirty, dirty. Like I mean that was just disgustingly mm-hmm. beautiful of a stiff arm. And I'm giving a pillow, blank, a pillow and blanket to Mac Jones. Just take some rest, man. Don't don't submit yourself to any more of this Patriots offense mm-hmm. that is being run by Matt Patricia. Like just take a seat, claim concussion protocol for the next three weeks. We're we all understand it's okay
2: just to look on channel Jones feels like, man, that, that you don't deserve this, but it, it has to happen as well. too. So, like, I don't know what the, what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. What he has to, what he had to go through with that is going to follow around with me. He should demand a trade afterwards. But like Jacoby Myers, we're done. I'm not throwing the ball anymore. Matt Patricia, we are done. This, this is over. I'm, I'm, I'm demanding a trade.
1: Why is Jacoby Myers throwing the ball 20 yards backwards to the last person on your team also the slowest person on your offense. By a long shot, self-proclaimed slowest person on your offense. He's literally standing back there like, okay, hey, why didn't Ramondre go down? Okay, why is why is Jacoby going down? Why are they throwing the why is the ball coming back? I mean, and then you got Chandler Jones like, Mac, what are they doing, dude? I don't, I don't know. I, oh, wait, is that ball coming back towards us? Mac, I'm sorry for what's about to happen. And sorry, that Matt, is how I've that conversation
2: went why. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, and Max like, what? She's just like, well, sorry, bud. Like, like I, just, you- I, I feel, I feel bad for back I, I don't normally feel bad for Alabama quarterback, former Alabama quarterbacks, especially not Patriot quarterbacks, ever. <laughs> um, but I actually kind of feel bad for Mac Jones this season. This has not been a, a good one to watch.
2: He needs to demand a train gather. Let Bailey Zappi take over because they actually seem to like him and respect him there as well, too. And you know what? Maybe Bailey Zappi and Matt Trish have a weird mind connection. I don't know what it is, but Mac Jones, get out of there, and hopefully you're able to heal up because that, that was completely unnecessary. Offseason, we'll work on your ankle grabbing just shoelace tackle form or something like he that.
1: Tried. <laughs> he tried. He, he, he tried. He's dealing with a concussion to that, but his head is still bouncing at that point in time. Like He did what he could.
2: There's only so much you could do at that point. So for the last gift I have as well, too, we're going to college football in Georgia. We're going to grant Stetson Bennett one more year of college eligibility. For some reason, he seems to be the guy down for the Georgia Bulldogs. He's played there for 12 years, it feels like. Take, get yourself a 13-year vet, year vet as well as Stetson Bennett. Found himself in a Heisman Trophy race somehow this year. Give him that 13th year, I think there's a good chance he might be able to make his way into yet another Heisman Trophy running. I'm not going to say he's going to win it now. I think we'd need about four more years of eligibility for that, but give him one more year of eligibility and let the Stetson Bennett train roll. Keep it, keep it going. Georgia, one more year of Stetson Bennett. Term limits, college graduation. There's no more of that. One more year, one more year. It, it's just, it makes no sense how you had JT Daniels, but you had your best success with Stetson Bennett. It just makes no sense.
1: Dude, uh, it gets crazy. Okay. So, This man graduated high school in 2016. 2016, okay. Walks on to Georgia. Georgia at the time has just uh, – has a – oh, wow. Now I can't think of his name. And Tazu? Jake Fromm. Yes, Jake Fromm is their quarterback. Justin Fields commits to the team that season. He says, nah, forget this. I'm out. (laughs) Transfers. Comes back to Georgia – In 2019, after Justin Fields transferred. (laughs) And somehow, at this point in time, he's still only a sophomore, and it's 2019. Then you have 2020, 21, with the backup to JT Daniels. uh, This man has been a backup to the following quarterbacks. He's been a backup to Jake Fromm, DeJuan Mathis, uh, Jamie Newman, and then JT Daniels. All in a matter of five seasons, four seasons, technically. It's... I, I don't I, I can this man just finally get to the NFL or just stop playing college football I don't I don't I don't want to see him in a college uniform anymore like this man is nearly my age in a college uniform and he's played as many years as I've existed in a podcast in actually twice as many years as we've had this podcast he has been playing college football.
2: for reference to him and Lamar Jackson are the same age just just for reference him Lamar Jackson Joe Burrow are all about the same age as well too and Take that's what it was for what one it's worth too, because if I'm not mistaken, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman in two thousand sixteen. Whereas that yes. like, that's how long ago it's been. So take that for what it's worth at this point. Stetson Men is going to be a career college football player. It, it he's just, it's gonna be like the, the movie uh the one with Pauly Shore, I think, where Polly Shore lived at the college basically as well, too. I can't remember what it was called. It's a very old Is this movie. gonna be Van Wilder. That, that that's a good way to look at it. So, the point is Stetson medic career quarterback at Georgia. They will take no more Georgia quarterback recruits, still Stetson it retires completely. So one more year, keep the train rolling. We'll see if they can bring in another 18 five-star recruits to bounce around him so, no one, so he'll still continue to go. So That'll do it for our gift-giving episode of the main event. We're going to end on a lump of coal right there as well, too. And we're going to head into Kelsey's favorite part of every show, and that is the Crunch Time, brought to you by our good friends over at Outlier. Use the link in our bio, outlier.bet, backslash, high-low sports. Sign up for a free trial, bet, trial. bet smarter, not harder, all you need from trends to betting odds across multiple sports books and what they've done throughout the season to help you make the right bets and put some money in your pocket as well, too. And, Kelsey, speaking of uh, bets, we're going to say create decided to hedge the hedges bets on this one inside of the changes direction and go from signing with the Giants on a big 13-year deal, now he's heading to the opposite coast, and he's going to be joining the New York Mets, it looks like, as well, too, for a similarly big deal, but as the Giants fan here, what are your thoughts on that one? Is it as bad as it sounds, or was this maybe a subtle bullet evasion?
1: Um, uh, let me just go ahead and say um, thank you, Scott Boris, for being <laughs> the uh, agent that you are. Um, thank you, Steve Cohen, for throwing blank checks at players because you think that'll help the Mets. And thank you to the Giants medical staff for whatever pause you put into the system to stop this 13-year, and. 45 million dollar contract from going through because as i said the last episode or the last time we talked about carlos correa dumbest move Mm. in the history of the giants organization because you already have brandon crawford who can still give you 130 games with a higher win above replacement than carlos correa can diving into this that man has been on the dl Eight times out of the last in the last seven years. He has been on the DL more times than he has been a professional baseball baseball player. What? He has missed over 40 games in four seasons. The only time he has played a full season was the one year that he was with the Astros that they went and won a title. It's it, I'm so mm. I've had time to sit on this one, and I was accepting of the fact he was going to be a Giant. I had just accepted it. It was just like, you know what? It won't be so bad. It'll be fine. Brandon Crawford's still probably going to play shortstop the majority of the time anyways because Correa's going to be hurt, so it's okay. Um, Whatever. We'll deal with it. Wilma Flores will be the second baseman. It'll be okay. You know, the bats get better. Yeah, the bats get better. That'll make it okay. And then, like, today the news broke. Actually, the news broke overnight, and I was like – uh, I could go to sleep kindly. <laughs> like, I literally woke up to my phone going off. I looked at it, and I was relieved. The stress just I, – I have literally – I have told this so many times. I have experienced three titles as a Giants fan. I am good with winning titles forever. For any sports team across the board, I am fine with my life now. I've experienced a, a national title at Auburn. I've experienced three World Series trophies with with San Francisco, and I've experienced a Stanley Cup trophy with the Sharks. All right. I'm good. I don't need another trophy as a fan of anything. Oh, and I've spent a Champions League trophy and Premier League trophy with Liverpool. So I'm good. I don't, I'm good. So I was just accepting of this. I was like, whatever. But man, I was like, thank God it's over. Carlos Craig, Go enjoy yourself. New York's second child, who is a terrible franchise. Talk about poverty franchises. They may have money, but that's a poverty franchise right now. <laughs> Um, they're just throwing money at people, just hoping it can fix a band-aid. And as we've all watched over the last ten years of baseball, throwing money at problems does not solve the problem anymore. Throwing money at the problem just makes the worst teams that have a lower lower payroll better. Looking at you, Guardians. Maybe mm-hmm. you can actually sign somebody from a pitching staff now. Just saying, because you know if they don't know uh, luxury tax, if once you go over the luxury tax, what the Mets are, that money then goes to the bottom five organizations in payroll. Um, that means the Guardians, Pirates, Rays, A's, and I believe the fifth one is the Tigers um, all get money from however much the team goes over the luxury tax. So yeah, uh, look, I as a Giants fan, I'm happy. As a baseball fan, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> as uh, a fan of good good baseball, cool. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't care. I'm tired of seeing these stupid contracts. Ten year contracts need to be thrown out the door. Ten year, oh like you need. They need to do a max contract like the NBA, like four years, seven years, captain mount total amount you can do. Like there needs to never be a 10-year contract again.
2: Well, I mean, you could throw plenty of money at me, and that will solve all of my problems. But that won't help as an MLB franchise as well, too. But definitely it's a smart move long term for San Francisco. I think we're in agreement as well, too. But that's going to do it for the High Low Sports Podcast. Say hey, we appreciate y'all for joining us once again. Outlier.bet backslash hilo sports. Sign up, get a free trial, sign up for seven days. Bet smart and not hard as well, too. Happy Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. If you don't celebrate the holidays, you just want to enjoy the time off with your family. Whatever you need to do, enjoy. And we hope you guys have a very happy weekend. And stay warm out there as winter is coming and it is here.